You're listening to the Church of the Redeemer Sermon Podcast. Join us at our 10 a.m. worship gathering in Alcoa, Tennessee. Visit us at churchotr.com for more info and to hear other sermons in this series. Uh, All of us struggle with lots of different kinds of sins, uh, some which are more specific to us because of our experiences, our background, our family of origin. Um, but all of us, there are plenty of sins that all of us struggle with, and this morning we're going to focus on one of them, uh, specifically the sin that all of us struggle with of self-reliance. And so I don't know about you, but um, in my house, Hannah has a certain um, term that she uses for me when I get uh, in this mode, which she calls business mode, Ben's business mode, where I pretty much get so focused on tasks that it does not matter what else is going on in life or people that are existing in life, I will plow through them to get done these tasks because I am so focused um, for a multitude of reasons, maybe my own anxiety, maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed, or maybe just because a lot of things just need to get done. Um, And so I don't know if you have anything like that, but if you don't, we can uh, help you have that setting for 1999 uh, this morning, uh, and it'll be great. No, uh, just kidding. It... Um, it normally is not a good place to be. If Hannah identifies myself as I'm in business mode, it's not really a good place to be. And uh, a specific example, this summer, um, as many of you know, we moved from our old office to our new office. And uh, moving, as many of you know, is a very stressful. Uh, There's just a lot of things that need to happen in the midst of that move, and I won't go into a lot of the complicating factors that existed uh, for me personally, but there was a period of time that I felt so anxious and overwhelmed by the amount of work, whether it was ministry or things at the new office or in my own life, that I was just in business mode um, the first couple weeks this summer. Um, And it's not necessarily a pretty thing in the sense that where you just don't stop and you wake up and you feel more robotic than actually human, where you're just doing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Again, I don't know if you can identify with that, but um, unfortunately, um, I can often. And I, in those places, rely on a lot of my own wisdom, my own efficiency, my own energy, uh, my own experiences, and lots of other me kind of things. Um, And so, uh, as I've been able to reflect, uh, I had fallen into Uh, the sin of self-reliance. And the sin of self-reliance doesn't have to be weeks and weeks of piling up things to do. It can be in very simple and daily things as well. And many of you maybe didn't know, but as in our nature, we are self-reliant. Maybe when we turn on the key on the car, we assume that the car will start. Uh, Maybe to get into our homes, we assume that we can just unlock and go in. Uh, Maybe we assume that our kids should be able to school or that paycheck is in the mail or all those things, but it's funny that when those things don't happen, what happens inside of us? Self-reliance is the default setting of the human heart. Let me repeat that for you. Self-reliance is the default setting of the human heart. Unless God brings something to interrupt that cycle of self-reliance, it will continue to perpetuate itself unconsciously for time and time and time again. But as we read in our scripture, scripture tells us something else that's true this morning. 
In our Acts passage, we talked about, it talked about that God doesn't need us. <laughs> he is, does not exist in temples made by human hands. And in actuality, he gives us life and breath and everything that we need. And in him, we move and live and have our being. And then in our John passage, in John 15, we talks about he is the vine and we are the branches. And so apart from him, uh, we can not only bear fruit, but we can actually do nothing. Nothing. And if that wasn't enough, plenty of other scriptures go through. And one I want to go through is Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, those who stay awake, stay awake in vain. The Bible teaches us that we can do nothing on our own. We are reliant on the Lord for all things, in all places, at all times, in everything. Which is in complete juxtaposition of the nature of our heart of sin, of self-reliance. And so as I read our Old Testament reading, I'm going to give you a brief kind of understanding and context, and so it's going to take a little bit so you can follow with me on this amazing journey of Israel uh, uh, and their kind of history to get to where we need to go um, into our passage or our, or our verse this morning. And so uh, we're going to start in Isaiah, and Isaiah was a prophet. He lived from 741 B.C. to 701 B.C., and uh, during uh, that time, he was in the reign of four kings um, in Judah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahab, and Hezekiah. And so as we look at Israel's history, uh, we're going to start in 400 years that they spent in Egypt under Pharaoh. Uh, they were slaves, uh, and Pharaoh had conscripted them, and uh, since they had kind of grown up there and forgotten about Joseph and all that he did. And so then there they are, and they're in Egypt uh, in slaves, and they begin to cry out to the Lord, like, oh, Lord, help us, save us. We're slaves here. And so they go on from um, God raises up Moses and Aaron, and they go through the, all of the plagues, and God eventually releases his people. Uh, and so they go out into the wilderness, and they're on their way to the promised land, and they get to the promised land, and he sends out the 12 spies, and then 10 of them come back and say, oh, there's huge walled cities. The people are giants, and there's just no way. Even though it's amazing land, it's full of milk and honey, there's just no way we can do it. So then they go back into the wilderness, and for 40 years, they have to rely on the Lord. Um, I don't know if you have ever been to the Sinai Peninsula. I've been there once and went the breath of it, but it is a desolate place. There is no green thing um, unless you're around the ocean um, sides of it. It is jagged rocks, dirt, and dust. And it is a very, very desolate place. And they didn't have any way to be self-reliant. They had to rely on the Lord for manna. He gave them food to eat every morning. He gave them quail to eat in the evenings. And they had no water. And so he would provide water in lots of different ways. And so there's, there's an understanding that they... You either die or you follow the Lord. And the Lord even led them by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. So that they were completely reliant uh, on the Lord. And so after these 40 years, they eventually make it into the promised land. But as they get there, they, they're on the edge and they see this, again, giant walled cities, lots of different kinds of people groups that are very, very strong because um, it's a good land and they've you know, kind of been established there. And there's no way. They're a small people. There's no way that they can do anything. And so again, they're relying on the Lord. And so you have examples like Jericho, which 
Who would have thought to march around seven times and the walls come tumbling down? But that's what God did. It was the Lord who gave them in the conquest. And time and time again, throughout all of history, um, as a conquest of the land, as Joshua leads them, they see that. And so they're re- forced to rely on the Lord because they know there's, these people are in these walled cities are bigger than they are, and they don't have any kind of things to do. And yet, eventually, God gives them over. They don't fully obey that commandment. Uh, to, to kind of clear out all of, the, all of the peoples, but then they begin to settle, and they begin to dig wells, or they use the wells, or use the, tr- the fruit trees and the livestock and the other things that, they've, that, that have existed in the promised land. And so there's no more being forced to rely on the Lord. They, ha- they have their own kind of self-sufficiency in some ways, and so they're able to do their own things and go on. And so then the question that we're going to eventually get to is, what do you think happened to them spiritually? This is really important. You and I are most spiritually vulnerable when life is easy. You and I are most spiritually vulnerable when life is easy. Ease is the fertile soil from which the poisonous weed of self-reliance grows. And so what happens? Israel goes and they begin to intermarry. They begin to worship other gods like Baal and other things to the people around them. And they forget the Lord who rescued them out of Egypt and provided them the promised land. And they just do their own things and kind of are happy to do whatever they want apart from him. Well, uh, I don't know that probably not that different from us. Um, But then something happens. A little bit like Hurricane Ian, which just slammed through Florida and the southeast, uh, there was a hurricane that was basically coming towards them. Uh, It's called the Assyrian army, led by their king Sennacherib. And so it's coming, and so then they have this crisis of faith of like it's plowing everything in front of them and it's coming straight for uh, Judah. And so now their life of ease is involuntarily disturbed. And now they're thinking, what are we going to do? Looks like we're going to be overrun by this huge Assyrian empire. Which if you know anything about the way the Assyrians dealt with their people, they were not uh, kind people. Very violent, very gruesome. Um, And so it was a scary thing. And so what do you think would be the appropriate response if you were living in Judah at that time? Or maybe, let's ask this question, what would be a spiritually good response if you were Judah at that time? You know, you you historically have had this reliance on the Lord. And uh, you might maybe remember to get on your knees when you needed food and water. And granted, these are generations past, but the stories were known. Or when you conquered these great walled cities, you would maybe think about getting on your knees. But as we go back to our passage uh, this morning, uh, Isaiah 31, it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and horsemen because they are very strong. Now this woe in the Bible isn't a horsey woe like, oh, slow down. No, this is a woe warning. Beep, beep, beep. Hey, watch out. This is not good stuff. You need to be careful. And it says that the warning to go down to Egypt for help, rely on horses and many chariots and strong horsemen, 
And so it's in our text because that's exactly what Judah did. Instead of getting on their knees and coming before the Lord, they went, used their own strategies and said, hey, I know a good plan. Egypt is another giant empire, another giant empire. And you know what? I bet with their help and with us, we can thwart this attack of Assyrians. So that's what they did. They went down to Egypt for help and relied on their chariots, relied on their horsemen. And uh, do you see what they did? When we rely on our own strategies to solve our problems, we are simply setting ourselves up for inevitable failure. Has anybody ever been there? I have. Think about the blessings that have been lost because of our own self-reliant strategies. Think about the relationships that have been compromised because of our own self-reliant strategies. Think about the spiritual fruit in your life that has never been harvested because of the ways that you and I do things in our own power, in our own strength, because of our own experience and in our own wisdom. It's huge. Think about the enjoyment of God's power and provision in your life that have been lost because of your own self-reliant strategies. And think about the freedom that comes from trusting and depending on the Lord that is lost because you and I choose to do what we think is best instead of relying on the Lord. And so some of you may be thinking, hey, I thought this was a sermon on prayer. Why are we talking so much about self-reliance? What's wrong with you? Well, we'll get there. Be patient. Um, so Judah relies on themselves and their own strategies instead of the Lord. And so it's interesting, if you just look two chapters later in Isaiah, Isaiah 33, um, I'm just going to read two verses. Um, but if you haven't underlined, uh, especially verse 6, but I would do 5 and 6, I would encourage you, these are sweet, awesome, helpful, helpful verses. But it says, verse 5 uh, and 6 say this, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. And he will be the stability of your times. Some people might think, hey, I've just lost my job. God will be the stability of your times. Somebody in my family was just diagnosed with cancer. He will be the stability of your times. Inflation is out of control and I'm struggling financially. He will be the stability of your times. There's war that could be catastrophic in the world. He will be the stability of your times. There's natural disasters happening all around us, seemingly all the time. He will be the stability of your times. Isn't that an amazing promise? Do you see the juxtaposition here? In chapter 31, just two chapters earlier, Judah is going on its own plans, its own ideas, its own thoughts about what it thinks it's going to need, and it's doomed to fail. In contrast, let's see, chapter three, 33, just two years later, he, the Lord who reigns on high, who is sovereign over all things, will be the stability of your times. 
He, the one who loves you, who is working all things out for his glory and your good. It's in him that you will find the stability of your times. So some of you may like, so I understand self-reliance, but what are you actually saying? Like, what are you meaning when you're saying self-reliant strategies? Well, uh, like this summer, when I was just in business mode and I was just doing one thing after another after another, how often, and I'm ashamed to say this, how often do you think I stopped and prayed, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What's actually important for me to do today? Instead of going day after day, of, I just got to crank through, just got to crank through, because at some point I will get through to the next side. Well, does that next side ever come? Probably not. And so often we rely on our own experience, our own education, our own wisdom, our own bank account, our own possessions, or our own position as our self-reliant strategies. And ultimately, why, why do we rely on them? Well, it's because of our pride. We want to think that we're capable of managing our lives, our decisions, our money, and everything else on our own instead of depending on the Lord. And I think if we're really honest deep down, we think that it's easier. It's easier to depend on ourselves uh, rather than God or other people. We're a lot more stressed and anxious, but ultimately that's okay because we don't have to depend on other people or on the Lord. And I think that's where our perspective is so jaded by our own sin. God wants so much more for us than to be autonomous little selves or autonomous little families or groups. That's why he created us to be in community and have worship together on Sunday morning, to be the body of Christ with one another. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But those who boast, boast in the Lord. Self-reliance is a strategy that everyone in this room, including me, adopts to live life apart from God. Of reliance on God. And unfortunately, the older you get, the tougher it gets because you have already have a lot of self-reliant strategies formed in the midst of your experience, in the midst of your wisdom, in the midst of uh, your own strategies. But there's something even worse than age with self-reliance. It's success. Because what we tend to do is we tend to think to ourselves, my strategies got me to where I am, so why won't they let me get to where I need to go? Do you hear any dependence or acknowledgement of the Lord, including your intelligence and your own strategies, success, and anything else? It's a very slippery slope to be on. And so how, how do we know if we've gotten into the trap of self-reliance? How do we know if I'm, if I'm falling into the trap of self-reliance? Well, thankfully, there's an indicator. There's something that God has given us. It's kind of like a lot of you have cars, either with cameras or other kind of signals, that when you're backing up and you're getting close to something, it starts to beep. And then if you keep going, it starts beeping louder. Beep, 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 beep. That's at least what it kind of sounds like in our car. Um, but God gives us something. And it goes back to this uh, Isaiah 31. It says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, rely on horses, who trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. The primary way that we consult the Lord is through prayer. 
And so Judah did not consult the Lord. They didn't go to prayer and ask him, what do you want us to do? There's this hurricane coming. There's this crisis of faith. What should we do? Instead of relying on our own self-reliant strategies like Judah did, we go and get on our knees and go before the Lord and say, what do you want me to do? When we are not praying, we are not depending on the Lord. Prayerlessness is an alert warning to the sin of self-reliance. You know, when you think about common sins about today, uh, the first things that maybe come to your mind are like adultery or homosexuality or other sexual immorality or maybe, you know, stealing or, you know, other things like that. We don't often think about these other kind of sins uh, that we deal with, like self-reliance or pride or greed. But those are the sins that we actually are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Prayerlessness is the sin that all of us have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. We are like Judah. We run ahead in our own strength and our own strategies, thinking that we can do things on our own strength and our own power. But like Scripture told us in the very beginning, we can do nothing without the Lord. It is his life and his breath and everything that we have is his that he has given to us. So why is it so easy for us to think that we can do things on our own? When we leave God out of our lives because of self-reliance, we hurt ourselves and we hurt even our church. The reality is, is that no church will ever be a great church without prayer. And similarly, no Christian will be a fruitful Christian without prayer because prayer reveals our dependence and trust in God. I'm going to go back to Isaiah 33. It says, The Lord is exalted. Not my knowledge, not my experience, not my um, education, not my own wisdom. The Lord is exalted. He is on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the stability of our times. How many of you want stability in your life? I do. Especially because we live in an age that is completely filled with instability all the time. You can lose your job in a heartbeat. You can lose your retirement in a heartbeat. You can lose um, your house like the people in Florida in a heartbeat. Like we are so living in an instable age that, that the only thing that we can really trust in is the Lord, that he can be and is the stability of our times. Self-reliance is a hideous sin that we all struggle with because basically we're telling the Lord that we don't want or need his input in our lives. We are saying, I can figure this out on my own. Thank you very much, God. You can stay up there and leave me alone. Do you see how deadly that is? Do you see that the absence of prayer is an indicator that we are running on our own seam, on cruise control, or on our own comfort. So maybe, like you, as the Lord has been (laughs) continually convicting me of this, maybe you feel convicted this morning. Hey, that's me. What do you do about it? Well, the truth is, 
that the sin of self-reliance and prayerlessness is awful. But we have a Jesus that's amazing. Jesus died for every sin, including our own self-reliance and our prayerlessness. And Jesus rose again, and he is our intersexer at the right hand of God, intercessing for you even right now this morning. And Jesus is happy to intercede on our behalf. You know, when we are honest with God and honest with ourselves, that's really the best place where grace does its best work. Jesus Christ died for that sin, and he loves us just the way we are and wants us to become increasingly reliant and dependent on him. So practically, what does that look like? Um, I'll end with a couple of applications. We need to stop. If you find yourself in business mode or you just find yourself just generally doing what you think is best in every situation and do not consult the Lord and do not get on your knees, you need to stop. Be still and know that he is God and that he will be the stability of your times. Cease striving. He's saying, come and depend on me. You know, one of the ideas that, that we use as a staff, and Dave has put together a whole book upon uh, one of the spiritual disciplines, is the daily praying, the daily office. And it's basically determining a time in the morning, in the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, where you just stop, whatever you're doing. And we do this as a staff in the middle of the day. There's more than two of us in the office at 11 a.m. We stop and say, you know what, Lord, we are dependent for you for everything. And so whatever email we're writing, whatever sermon we're preparing, whatever we're going to do, we're going to stop now, and we're going to come to you and we're going to pray because ultimately our dependence is on you and not in and of ourselves. And so if you'd be interested in that, we'd love to give you, we have extra copies of those. If you'd be interested in something uh, like that, uh, come talk to Dave or I or Matt and we would be able to hook you up with that. Uh, Another practical way that we can self, uh, fight self-reliance is to ask others to pray for us and allow others to pray for us man, can I be really blunt with you, Church of the Redeemer? (laughs) This is an area that we struggle with. We struggle with depending on one another. Because we are middle, middle upper class people, we have found a lot of success in a lot of different ways that we do not depend on one another very much at all. And we sure in the world don't ask for prayer like I feel like the Lord wants us to. Every Sunday morning, you have an opportunity after communion to be prayed for by leaders of this church up here. And I hope and dream that one day we will get to a place where we will need more than just two people, but we would have maybe people all around the room because there are so many people that are seeing their need to be dependent on the Lord and to ask someone else in the body of Christ who loves them and cares for them that can come and say, I need help. I'm not going gonna, gonna to stop relying on myself and my own strategies, but I'm going to come before the Lord, and I'm going to ask other people to be a part of that because that's why he gave us the body of Christ. I would love to see some point that there's so many people that need prayer and are willing to humble themselves before the Lord and other people to, to, to pray all around the room. How awesome would that be? This morning, I hope that you have heard how heinous 
the sin of self-reliance is and how the warning of self-reliance or the indicator is prayerlessness. That we are falling into the sin of self-reliance and how God wants us to depend on him and not ourselves or any of our own methods, but to rest in him, knowing that he will take care of us because he will be the stability of our times. Let's pray. Father, we do confess that our hearts default to our own strategies way too often. Lord, I know that is so true in my own life. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for your word that shows us what self-reliance looks like. And God, I pray for all of us that from this day forward, if we've not done it before, that we are happy to repent of the sin of self-reliance, that we might enjoy you and your grace, and that you might have increasing, pa- increasing power in our lives. God, that we might be transformed people and that our church might be transformed because instead of relying on ourselves, we rely on you. We pray all of these things for your glory and in your powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you can join us next week. God bless and have a great week.